Hello, sports and spaghetti listeners. This episode has been brought to you by Underground's Record Cafe. Go get some breakfast or lunch and some records only at Underground's Record Cafe, 206 Main Street, Oakville, Connecticut. And find them on Instagram at Underground's Record Cafe. Now, on to the episode. What is up, everybody? We are back with another episode of Sports and Spaghetti, a very special episode of Sports and Spaghetti. I'm Anthony alongside Chris. And for the first time, you guys are going to hear third voice here. And this is they've my buddy. heard voices before, okay? <laughs> Fair. Yeah, they've heard the mice. They've, they've heard, heard Benny. The and Benny. <laughs> and Sabrina. So um, you're going to hear another adult voice. There we go. Yeah. Um, my buddy Nick, he's the owner down here at Underground's Record Cafe in Oakville, Connecticut. That's where we're sitting right now. We are currently sitting here because he was gracious enough to open up our uh, open up his restaurant for our podcast. Um but I've known Nick for, oof, since we were in middle school. I think we met going into eighth grade. Um, and let me tell you, I've never given this kid flowers, but I'd like to do it publicly here. Um, always been one of my best friends. Always been one of the most trustworthy people I can always count on for everything. And uh, seeing him do his dream, it's just one of the best things I've gotten to witness. And I'm glad I get to be a part of it. Um, I've I mean, only known him for about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and it's made my day to see him do something he loves. Uh, yeah. So we were, I mean, we were there, me and me and Dodona, shout out to Dona, you should be listening to this. Uh, we were there in the trenches when my man couldn't make rice, but here he is. Um, Nick, why don't you tell him a little about the restaurant? Thanks for everything, guys. Yeah, so we opened this up about five months ago. 206 Main Street, Oakville, Connecticut. It's called Underground's Record Cafe. The concept behind this, there's only one from here to New York City, but it's a record store cafe. So what I mean by that is the dining room is centered inside of a record store. Full breakfast and lunch menu, and we do everything on homemade bread. And let me tell you, though, homemade bread, just to start, it's, I mean, it's unbelievable. Like, you go to any, you go to any cafe, any restaurant, and you're getting, you're getting a burger. Yeah, the burger might be handmade. Yeah, it might be great. But it might be on an Arnold. Exactly. Bust out the cow. Might be a, the might be, uh, the Mar- Khaleesi. Khaleesi. Might Is be that the how it's Yeah, it's Italian, Anthony. But it's never Martin. It's never Martin's. No, no. it's never Martin's. Martin's. No, they, they the color. The the color of them is not right. <laughs> no, it's Khaleesi. Okay. It's got a flag of Italy on it. Listen, man. So does our podcast, but we're not, <laughs> we're not speaking Italian here. Um, but again, um, so record store inside of a dining room i know you know i've met i've been around his family for they're my family at this point but what made you what made you think about that why does why did you want to mix music with with food similar to why we wanted to mix sports with food i would in this area i would never open up a dinner place and when we were thinking of the concept i would I've never been the type of person to do what someone else did, so I wanted a one-of-a-kind, un, um, unreplaceable, someone can't come in and redo what I do. It was a one-of-a-kind idea, and like I said, there's not another one from here in New York. Um, my father's collected music for 45 years now, and I've cooked for about 10, so when we meshed together our concepts, it just, a, a light bulb went off and it worked. And, and how old are you? I'm 24. You're 24, yeah. and you've got your own business. I, I mean that. 
that should tell you all you need to know right there. Of course. Not not to mention the food is fantastic, but like this guy has his own business at twenty four. Yeah. And like it, wow. And it's I mean, it's great. I, I see it here every Saturday, every Sunday you're fighting for a table. And that wow, doesn't and that man. doesn't mean don't come down. That means come down and wait because it's that worth it. Um, now, as, as a friend of his, that must put a smile on your face every time you see it. I I don't think I've ever smiled ear to ear more than when he announced he was opening. Because, oh, awesome. like I said, I was we were there in the trenches when, when cooking was tough. And, and I have a story, we'll get into that after, but uh, I was there and just seeing the growth and just seeing how, you know, I mean, we're not kids anymore. We're, we're 24. We met however many years ago, and it's, it's cool because... Yes, we're not kids anymore, but when, when we see when we see I'm gonna call him Skiff. When we see Skiff cooking, he is a kid. Um, and it's great because we're all kids when we cook, especially you know, especially Chris and I. And and you know, Nick, wonderful, wonderful chef. He has the distinction of being the only chef in here. Chris and I are just some cook, we're just some hacks back here. Yeah, I, I was afraid to say that. I, we have a, a podcast about food and I'm like, no, nah, I'm not no. no, no. I just make dinner for my family. Oh, yeah. So we're, we're a bunch of hacks here, but I do have to say, Nick, you know you're not even the best cook in your family because his grandmother's banana bread, man. I, I would not be able to sit here and not talk about it. His grandmother's banana bread kept me alive for two summers. <laughs> and did, and did you not say, Nick, that she was your inspiration for doing this? My inspiration, whenever I would stay home sick from school, she raised me. Uh, there's always meals made, and she's a caregiver, you know old school and she took care of who she needed to take care of it was like a awesome way to grow up and seeing her cook it was simple and you know the only unfortunate thing when she passed away there's no recipes because for her it was when you asked her how to explain it, it was a pinch of this and a pinch of that they didn't fucking write down anything back in the day it <laughs> yeah. was just a pinch of this and a pinch of that my hands three times the size of my grandmother she was four eight so her her, her hand and her pinch is i can never recreate anything she did but yeah that was my inspiration is old That's, school great depression cooking was how i got I, into what i, I mean do. my grammy i made her start writing down recipes because as she was getting older i was just like oh when you leave i like i want to be able to cook and uh, there's still a couple to this day that i can't find can't right. i can't find her vegetable beef soup and it bothers me because it was the thing she made best and guess what i haven't had it since so now, Nick, you did say you haven't been able to replicate anything. You have, and you've replicated her passion. And yep. I have to, I mean, I, 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 can, I can't give you enough flowers. That's crazy. Because, again, I, we were there, and, and I've seen you grow. And, dude, like, we're friends. And, like, dude, I'm just, I'm so proud of you. And I'm so proud of how far you've come and the passion you put in. And, I mean, like, we're, we're sitting here and we're recording after his shift, after a busy weekend. And he had, you know... He had the kindness and the passion to come in and, and do this with us. Um, and, uh, I mean, we're sitting two feet away from however many loaves of fresh bread that, listen, it's not enough. It's no. not going to be enough because I mean, they're going to sell out. Listen, Ant, again, what you just said is just another, it's another testament to the passion that he has, I think. And like I said, only knowing him for an hour of my life... <laughs> And you've known him almost your whole life. I can see it just walking around and with how everything is fresh and and just w how he talks about it. And it's just a lot. It's really cool, man. And you got a real cool thing here. From first look, non-biased, right? Not your friend coming in here like, yeah. Right. 
Like, this is a place where I'm like, the wheels are turning in my head. I'm like, when am I going to get up here and eat? It's like, lots, I want to see it busy. It's a lot to take in. It's overwhelming. Yeah. I will say what's compatible with what you guys do, it's a, it's a niche market. So, you know, like I said, there's not one of these from here to New York, but... I've never heard of a sports and food podcast, so I reached out to Anthony, or he reached out to me, either or. And when he brought up the idea, I just thought it was it was a really great opportunity because no one talks about what you guys talk about. They talk about food and then all the awful teams we enjoy watching every weekend. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen a Cowboys Super Bowl since <laughs> never because I wasn't fucking born. But <laughs> that never. just scratches oh, the surface. Yeah. Oh, but that gets it started. That, that's why this was compatible and able to happen because it's too niche two niche markets and it's a both interesting concepts so i thought it was i thought it'd be really fun to do and i'm glad you guys came down that, i think that was his way of complimenting our podcast uh, thank so you thank, thank you. you appreciate that I appreciate it but um one one thing i do have to say too is is it's this is a place where much like us right we have our listeners that just listen to the food we have our listeners that just listen to sports we have listeners that listen to the whole thing hopefully everybody's listening to the whole thing i know you're not hopefully you are my right. mom listens to the whole thing because she texts me about each individual <laughs> section. You can't put a podcast on the fridge, though. No, no you can't. That's right. You can't. But what what I was getting to right is the this place here, Undergrounds, and it's I mean they they even come down to the local local coffee. So if you're a coffee person and you mm-hmm. want a and you want a latte, come down and get this. And if you're a record person, come out and check out. The th- I mean, you're at thousands of records. Dude, he's got $1 records here. <laughs> That's the thing, too, is even if you're just building a collection and you're, you're looking for some new music, there's some there's some value records here. Um, just come look at them and get some food. Like, it's just the environment here yeah. is really cool. It's and a, this was while it was closed, I'm yeah. seeing it. No, when it's, when it's here and there's it's buzzing and there's music and, and Dean or Joanne are here and they come in and greet you, it's, it's great. You know, it's great to see them. Dean and Joanne are his parents, by the way. They are, uh, they are mom and dad number two to me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just great. It's, it's a really good time. It's a really good environment. And, and there's something for everybody because, listen, you might not like music, but you like slab bacon. And if you, yeah. don't, like, if you don't like slab bacon, I'm, you offer vegetarian and vegan as well, too. Right. <laughs> You're so it's like, like the banana's <laughs> foster if you don't like slab bacon. So, huh. there's, I mean, there's really there's something for everybody here, Jeez. and it's definitely something that everybody should check out you know watertown or oakville it's a very small town um i'm not used to this small this, town no. stuff yeah this this i mean this place is buzzing in town everybody knows about nick because of what he's done and the product he's put out but i mean we have listeners here from everywhere you know um if you're ever in connecticut make the trip here it's it's really that worth and i'm it's, not saying, it is. i'm not saying that as a friend i'm i'm being serious there's there is nothing like this place. I'm not even his friend, and I say there that. is nothing. There is nothing like this place. It's um, really. I mean, and he and he does. He did say it's the only one from here to the city, and it's such a cool concept. And it's interesting why more people don't do it. But I think, like you said, Aunt, being that it isn't a small town, I think it lends itself to to working in this kind of place. Yes. Yeah. The, the whole record store vibe. I'm thinking back home in Danbury. And, and how I don't think it would be as, as cool. It would be as cool, but it wouldn't be as much of a buzz around it in Denver because everybody goes in every different direction there. Right. People look for something to do here, and this is that thing. Yeah. Tried to, I tried to make it a hole, a hole in the wall, but also elevated. Yeah. So 
concept behind this was bar sandwiches. I, I didn't want to do, this town's very small, hard working class, and I didn't want to do anything, I was trained French, I didn't want to do anything out of the demographic of this area, and what became of it was elevated bar sandwiches and bacon, egg, and cheeses, but when the bacon's eighth of an inch thick it, on homemade bread, it makes a big difference. <laughs> it makes all it makes all the difference. It does. So, Nick, you mentioned you were trained French. Let's do. Let's tell our listeners what is your background. Uh, How many French words do you know? <laughs> Sous vide. It's two. Um, I grew up Italian. Um, trained French through culinary school. But I would say, influence-wise, when I go out to eat, I try and find the weirdest thing on the menu to eat. So I don't shy away from anything, and I think the best thing I could say about it is life's short, try new things. Um, I take inspiration from everything because you don't know if you like it unless you try it. So personally at home, I love Asian fusion. I love being creative with herbs and aromatics. but when you're raised from Great Depression grandparents, you get brujol and ten day old sausage. <laughs> yep. So yep. dried sausage. So there's there's one thing, right? Now Nothing wrong with brujol. <laughs> there's there's one scenario we have here, and this is going back to middle school when me and Nick were. This is where I bow out. When me and Nick were friends. Yeah. This yeah. is you won't hear Chris for a little bit, That's but okay. There's a there was a switch that flipped right, and and we like to talk about it and and shout out Miss Q. There's not a chance you're listening to this. And she might be cool. That'd be really cool if she did. Um, but shout out to Miss Q. Um, she was our uh, home ec teacher and cooking teacher. And um, every year the eighth graders they have to do um, a specific. Uh, project right where they go home and they have to take uh, pictures of them cooking and blah 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 and uh, again like I said this is this is where the the flip the the switch flipped for for me at least for Nick um, Nick tell everybody now I think for mine I did some some sort of pasta or whatever but how tell, original uh, yeah who would have guessed tell everybody what you did so I always had a passion in cooking and I thought it was similar to art color and texture wise so I wanted to do something crazy I always knew what I wanted to do in life I was 12 years old and I made sushi at home on my kitchen countertop and you know a week or two goes by it's the end of the year report cards are coming out and I see a big fat F and write ink with a circle around it I was, I was like what the hell Miss Quatrano <laughs> Miss Quatrano why the F and I show my mom and she goes, why? So underneath the F it said, please come see me. I go talk to Miss Q and she says, you didn't make that sushi. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's amazing. You know, my mother's a fiery woman. I didn't get along with her when I was younger, but she made me the man I am today. She went right up to that teacher and she goes, how are you going to tell him that he didn't make that sushi? Showed her pictures of us making it in the kitchen and... It was, uh, it was fun because someone almost, you know, when someone doubts you, you have a fire under your ass to do better, and I think that's what really entered me into the, oh, man. the world of creativity. There's nothing better than that when you get when you have to prove yourself like right. that. I mean, it was that good that she didn't think you could possibly have made it. Right. That's awesome. And that's, and I mean, and this is, that's where the, 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 the switch is flipped for him because, like just the fact of yeah that's putting a chip on your shoulder that's like they didn't think I could do this you know that's you're oh we always love the underdog story yeah but it's just the fact the that of I mean dude you were 12 years old and I remember because I remember like I can vividly see like the basics of sushi book in your kitchen with the rolling mat and with everything and like 
you were 12 years old and you're making sushi, dude. Like, yeah. untrained, like, completely not trained, like, did everything and, and went out. And it was, I mean, that was just so cool. It was so cool. Um, but this wouldn't be a podcast without a little ball busting. So I'm going to have to oh, give my favorite on. story of Nick ever. Um, now, this was this was before the uh, the sushi incident. And, and shout out to my mom. Anytime we had Nick over, um, it's usually Nick and Matt. We had him over, and, and Nick would always ask my mom, almost to the point of bothering her, like, no, let me cook. Let me do something. I want to cook. I want to cook. Well, she was a single mother, and I always felt like the <laughs> she was rushing around all the time. I always felt the need to chime in and chip in, and, you know, we always did our own dishes. It, was a, it wasn't a free-for-all in his yeah. house. It was like, wash that plate. <laughs> So yeah. you're gonna use that fork? Wash it twice. <laughs> no. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My mom didn't play, um, but it was funny because you know we'd hang out. And we'd it'd be before football practice, and I remember one time Nick tried to make it was Spanish rice and beans. And That's not that hard to make. <laughs> there was nothing in the house. I, you, <laughs> we had nothing. I, man. We're looking through the pantry. Said Uncle Ben's and a can of pinto beans. <laughs> oh like, no! You so, didn't have any of the achote. No, nothing. 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 No sazon. <laughs> Song. We do had adobo. We have, we had, we had not a, even bouillon. It was fucking. <laughs> it was just cold water. It was, it was cold paste. water. No onion. No garlic. <laughs> no. no sazon. There was no mirepoix to be found. There was <laughs> not a single mirror to be poire. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I, I love telling this story because it just shows how far he came. And he makes these Spanish rice and, and beans, and and it's me and our buddy Matt and him and. We live right around, you know, we were lived close enough to the high school where we could walk to it to go to practice. And, you know, it's the only thing we have in the house. Mom is working. And it, so we cook ourselves lunch. And we walk all the way there. And, I mean, we get two, three laps in the warm-up laps, and it's just sitting like concrete. Uh, and it was, it was, I mean, it was one of the worst practices I've ever had to deal with because there was just mush sitting uh, in our stomachs. I think it was um, mush and the pan was burned. It was like, yeah. it was like I, I, I overcooked it and scorched the bottom of the pan. Ah, but uh, yeah, that's that's the story I love to tell because you know it's it's one of those things where look how far we've exactly, come. Exactly, that's exactly the point. Um, look how far we've come. Nick is. Let's just needless to say, he is no longer burning pans and he's no longer making making. We'll we'll call it some slop. Uh, for lack prison of a better term, some prison food for the lack of a better term. This guy, I'm telling you, he is turning out gourmet high-end quality shit. Literally. Like, in, a, in a 30-seat dining room. In a, with a 30-seat dining room. Intimate, cozy, personal. Like a lot of people, And you get to smell everything while it's cooking. Well, and that's the thing, too, is he does, there's an open kitchen. So if you're sitting at the bar, you get to watch him cook the whole time. Which is, I mean, even that, you know, that's how... It's a, it tickles my tism. I like watching people. <laughs> I, like, I like watching people. Put that, put that glove on. Don't you dare Did touch you that wash your hands, hands with you, soap? Did you wash them? Um, but it yeah. wasn't 15 seconds. <laughs> so, so that's a little bit of our intro. It was um, cold water. <laughs> that's a little bit of our intro. A little bit of the background with um, Chef Nick, and um, it's very great to say chef. Um, yeah. It's, it's very nice to say chef, especially with Skiff attached to the end of it. Because like I said, this guy was one of my best friends. Still to this day is one of my best friends. Um, hardest working guy I know. And um, you deserve everything. You deserve everything that you're getting, man, and everything that's going to continue to come. Um, and we get to talk about somebody that, that's actually qualified to cook food. Well, speaking about qualified to cook food, this man 
has just made us some unbelievable dishes, and uh, you're going to hear about them. Yes, Oh, boy, indeed. are you going to hear about them. Huh? Right after this. We're back. And we're back. And, and boy, oh, boy. Our plates, our plates are, our plates are absolutely empty. Um, Chris, huh. I mean, <laughs> Anthony. First of all, for, I'm not even gonna let you talk. Okay, I'm gonna start because I'm gonna tell you something, and everybody listening, we all, everybody that's listening, needs to go to this place. Okay, I don't remember the address. What was the address? We'll plug it. We'll plug it. We're gonna plug the address. Say the address. 206 Main Street, Oakville, Connecticut. That's right. Undergrounds. Incredible. The fact that we're still in here talking and he's letting us do this is amazing. And everybody listening should thank Anthony for being friends with Chef Skiff <laughs> because it's amazing. All right, now you can talk about the food. Uh, I just wanted to get into it. So we did a little, um, we did a little, uh, we called it bad eggs. Um, kind of, kind of like Chris is in no particular order, right? Um, Bad eggs. It's a poached egg, so it's a little eh, right? It's not totally done. Yeah, if you ask totally, me, it's, it's, a, not, it's a bad. <laughs> it's not hard. It's not, not soft. For everyone. It's eh. It's in the middle. But, buddy, when I tell you, the egg might have been eh in theory, but in flavor, it absolutely, it was unbelievable. And I tried it. And I, the fact it. that I tried it speaks volumes. Um, and, 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 I mean, it was unbelievable. It was on an English muffin, three pieces of slab bacon. And when I tell you slab bacon, I mean... It's it was it was preposterous. It was oh like Oh my god. It wasn't it's, ba- it's not bacon like you like you would just eat. It's it it's its own part of the meal. It's not just something that goes on the side. No, it's not it's not a part. It it it, I it's, mean, it, it, it's it was, not the meal that's without the headliner. It. It's yeah. the headliner. It was listen, you call it an eggs benedict, but I mean this slab bacon was unbelievable. And then I'm a big poached egg guy, I do like poached eggs. Um You like the <laughs> You like the runny yolk, I huh? Do. I'm He's a fan. A lot of runs in his life. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, oh boy! But no, it was—I mean, it was really, really good. And just the fact that Chef Skiff is here on his after close, and he made me a hollandaise sauce for this. Just first off, thank you. Mm. Second off, I it was. I wouldn't do that for just anybody. <laughs> and I appreciate that. I really do. But I mean, it was—it is absolutely unbelievable, and it's one of those things where. If you want it for breakfast, as soon as you wake up, it's not going to be heavy. But if you're going to have it as brunch, it's going to fill you and it's going to keep you full. So I mean, that was that was stay what, full. That was what I was given, you know, per per the recommendation of Chef's Gift. But I mean, I can't say enough good things about it. It's an egg dish. I'm eating breakfast for dinner. I never do that. We've talked about how I don't like. This. We we are outspoken we against are. breakfast uh, for dinner. But I mean, it was it was worth it. Yeah, it was so worth it. Now, no. Chris. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, hold on. Would you rather have cereal in the morning or at night? I'm an at night cereal guy, though. Chris, you an at night in the morning. Guy? In the morning, I'm an at night cereal guy. Too. Okay, that's my the only breakfast I'll eat at my, night. My my wife would agree with you. She could eat cereal anytime. She could eat breakfast. She loves breakfast for dinner as well, though. So if she came here, and if there was any to bring home, then she would be happy. But she gets none because I ate my whole thing, <laughs> which is I'm proud of because I said I don't like breakfast or dinner. Shall I? Yeah, go ahead. What is it? It's called the Jack Johnson. Don't copyright us. Don't. No. I, listen. <laughs> all right. We are a lowly podcast. Do, do not stoop to that level, okay? It's a Bananas Foster. There's the Flambe. 
There's the bananas. There's the butter. There's the rum. Local rum. Local rum from where? Litchfield Distillery. Litchfield rum. Okay, and I and and you know I'm not a rum guy. Okay, but listen, man. Not forget the flame, right? Forget the dog and pony show with the flame when you pour the rum in. Let's talk about how it tasted. I ate a pig for dinner tonight. I'm going to go home happy and I had a pancake. Okay? The first of all, the the depth of flavor in this in this pancake with obviously all the topping was fantastic. And then the presentation which you'll see if you check out our social media, hit us up. Um, it was presented beautifully. Now the Benny looked good too. But this pancake and, and, and when they serve it here, it usually comes with three. But he just made me one, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that, Chef. Um, it just looked beautiful. The whole thing was plated beautifully. It smelled really good. And, and one of my old bosses, uh, when I worked at Desert Moon, um, he said, people eat with their eyes. And, and it's so easy to, to make food look crappy. But to take the extra time and make it look presentable, you, your brain is already thinking, oh, this is going to be good. You know, and like, it's exactly what it is. And nowadays, people eat with their phones. That's the hard part is without even taking a bite, the first thing that comes out is the camera. So you're almost appealing to the camera first before the person's eyes, and then the person's eyes, and then their mouth. I mean, yeah, if they're taking a picture of it, they're like, oh, wow. And, like, for example, with that, that pancake... That dish, it, it's I would have I wanted to take my phone out and take a picture of it. It looked really good. It makes it so much easier to eat. Now if I ate that and I was like, well, this sucks. It looked really good. Like, and why that, did I drive forty minutes? Yeah, <laughs> like this doesn't that doesn't really mesh. If it looks good, it's probably good, and it, such is the case today. I mean, dude, that was that wasn't even like eating breakfast or dinner. That was eating like dessert. For dinner, it was, it was so good. Yeah, it was really good. Um, but let me, after, uh, we've gotten our food review out of the way, right? Let's go, let's go to back to Chef's Skiff, and we'll say, gun to your head, you have to prepare one thing mm. off your menu, right? What are you making? Off my menu. Off your menu. We'll do, a, we'll do an off your menu, plug your menu, and then we'll do a, I think, anything. Uh, I think off the menu, the most interesting thing is biscuits and gravy. Because being from Connecticut, we're not down south. You don't see biscuits and gravy anywhere in Connecticut. Make your own cheddar bacon biscuits. I make my own sausage gravy in French bechamel. No one cares. It's a eh. It's an eh. Chris would say. <laughs> yeah. But cheddar bacon biscuits, homemade sausage gravy, and then runny eggs on top. So it's. But for a Yankee, it's a it's a good sausage and biscuits and gravy. I would try it. I would try anything off your menu. Yeah. After that, I'd try anything. I'd even try the Benny. <laughs> now, let's say uh, you're making yourself. You got a you got a hot date. You need to cook to impress said hot date. What do we make? I'm a big fan of paella. Wow, that's and, not what I thought I was gonna hear. And why I like paella is it's simple and it's in Spain. It would be peasant food, but it's one of the most difficult dishes to make because everything is cooked at a different time. And I, it's difficult and it's a headache, but it's the attention to detail and the timing that's it sticks out to me. But when everything comes together, it's great. Wow, 
I've never attempted a paella for that reason. So you guys heard it here. Uh, when Chef Skiff comes back, we're not going to be at Undergrounds. We're going to be in Mikasa, and we're going to try to do some paella. That's, ah, that's what it sounds we're like. Gonna, he's going to have to make like. paella. He set himself up there. Yeah, that's why I asked that question. Um, because, uh, I, I mean, obviously you guys will hear this when you hear it, but it, it, I have a feeling he's going to be one of the most well-received people we're going to have here, and you guys are going to be begging for him to stay on. So, you know, we'll have him as long as he wants to come. Um, if he makes what, uh, if he makes the people happy, you know, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, pleaser. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's great. He's great. But, um, again, this was uh sports and spaghetti. We are here at underground's record cafe, 206 main street, Oakville, Connecticut. Can we throw those hours out there? Yeah. Hours, um, Monday and Wednesday, Monday and Wednesday, or I'm sorry. Monday. Here we go. Try again, Anthony. They're closed on Tuesdays. Nothing on Tuesday. So Monday, Wednesday, 7 to 2. Thursday through Sunday, 7 to 4. Is that correct? Correct. Awesome. And then you can find these guys. We'll tag them um, on our page. Um, Underground's Record Cafe. That is on Instagram. Uh, Underground'sRecordCafe.com if you want to check out their menu. Um, and, and we've said it enough. I mean, you just scroll through his page, and you're just looking at some of the best local food here. Um, and you know we're all about you know small local businesses and stuff like that. So um, get used to hearing this name. Get used to hearing this name. Yes, absolutely. Um, but again, get down here. I don't care where you're from, Kevin. I know you're listening in Jersey. We have listeners all over the United States. If you guys ever happen to come to Connecticut or even pass through Connecticut, make sure you write this down. Make sure you stop. Yeah. Come get some food. Come meet Nick. Come meet his parents. Kevin, and, uh, <laughs> Taylor ham and cheese doesn't exist. It's a ham, egg, and cheese. Taylor ham is not a real thing from Connecticut, from Waterbury. You've heard it here. Ta so it's a pork roll. Pork roll or Taylor ham, bring it up with Kevin. <laughs> He'll probably debate you about it. Okay, okay. Ham, egg, and cheese, keep it simple. Save the words. <laughs> breathe in too much. <laughs> oh, man. And, uh, well... <laughs> what a what Just a sign off! Down. What a sign off! Um, again, Nick, anything else you want to say? Uh, I appreciate you guys for having me on. And yeah, come check us out every day but Tuesday. I'll be here. You can see me. Open kitchen, fresh food, fresh bread, and records for sale. And it's a good time. It is a good time. So uh, alongside Chef Nick, uh, I'm Anthony. This has been Chris. This is Walk Daddy. We're uh, we're very full. But uh, we're, we're gonna stay full. We'll huh? see. We'll see you with sports. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You just heard from Chef Skiff from Underground's Records Cafe, um, and now you're about to hear from. We're not gonna call him Chef Chris because you're. you're not a, <laughs> no, do you're not, not call a me a chef and compare <laughs> me to Skiff. No. So we're gonna hear from. We're gonna hear from Chris. We're gonna hear Chris's good. We're gonna hear Chris's bad and his eh. We are gonna hear. In no particular order. Take it away, Mr. Walker. Thank you. Now, that's a better title. I think Mr. Walker's more, uh, more better suited to me. Um, I am no chef after after what we tasted uh, uh, from Chef Skiff. I still taste the bananas, okay? <laughs> the, no, it's just phenomenal. Uh, that should be the good, honestly. Um, but, however, uh, a little bit later on in the week, um, 
the good honestly, and it's something we don't normally talk about on the pod. Huh? We don't talk about basketball on the pod. I was just, uh, a I was lot. just saying we haven't talked. We about haven't it. done a lot of basketball on the pod. So Nikola Jokic, hey, game one of the NBA Finals went to the Nuggets, and Nikola Jokic had a triple double in game one. He's the good. That's a way to make a statement against a, a Miami Heat team who's defied all odds, a la the Florida Panthers this year, uh, and and was the eight seed essentially. Both of those teams, both from Florida. I don't know what's in the water. It's always something about Florida. It doesn't taste good, but it huh. produces champions. Hey, at this point. championship state right now uh, in pro sports because they've got two teams that were very unlikely heroes uh, in the finals in their league. So. Throw some NBA in there uh, for the good this week. All of my NBA people who's really nobody. Uh, well, maybe one of my students who's in my class, he's a big NBA fan. I'm not going to name him because I can't do that. Uh, after June 16th, I can, though, because it's the last day of school. Uh, but he knows who he is. Nothing safe, guys. Everything you ever said. Spilling it out. Spilling yeah, it's together. coming out. It's coming out right <laughs> after school ends. Okay, so here comes the bad. Now, I now Bob Nightingale made a tweet um, uh, very recently. It might have been uh, today or the other day. It had to have been today or so. So, the Seattle Mariners are the bad today. Not that they're the worst team in Major League Baseball. We know the A's are. But it's because the Texas Rangers have completely spoiled that, that rotation's uh, ERA over the past few days. They've outscored the Mariners 30 to 8 this season. <laughs> it's the 16th game that the Rangers have scored at least 10 runs this season, tying them with the 39 Yankees for the most in the first 58 games in the modern era. And it belongs to the Mariners who have it dumped on them. They're the bad this week. Okay, two two things we don't talk about a lot: the Mariners and the NBA. I'm on fire. And now here comes the eh. The eh is not a bad. It could have been a bad, but it's not. And it's it's because I have a lot of respect for them as a team. The Florida Panthers are the end this week, and I'll tell you why, Panthony. It's because after Game One of the Stanley Cup Finals, they for the very first time in really. Since maybe two of the games against the Bruins in the opening round looked badly outmatched. And they hung in. 2-2 was the score. They even led that game 1-0 against Vegas. But Vegas really got to their game in the third period. And they were up 4-2. And then they scored the empty netter to make it 5-2. I was asleep with Sabrina in bed while this was going on. I had passed out in her bed with her. Something I've never done before. I, I and my mouse woke me up um at like ten thirty that night or, or whenever it might have been. Um and and I and I texted Aunt and I was like, Well, did you watch the game? Cause I was asleep. <laughs> it was ten thirty. Um Yeah, so I saw the extended highlights and and I read a lot of stories afterwards and I'm telling you right now they looked outmatched, the Panthers did, for the very first time, I think, really all playoffs. And uh, I'm not, they're not a bad. They made it this far, and they're not going anywhere. They, this is in no, in, by no means uh, a death knell for them. 
Uh, but they were the end because they've got to up their game. They've got to tighten it up in the third period. There's a reason why the Knights are in the finals, and it's not because they stink. Uh, they deserve it as much as the Panthers do. So they got to get back to their game, do the Panthers, because I'm pulling for them. I like both teams, but anyway, that was uh, in no particular order. That was wonderful, Chris. Thank that you. That was great. That Thank was a good you. one. That was that was a highly spirited one. Yeah. Highly spirited. Absolutely. We're in good spirits. I think it's in I the playroom. I think it's I think it's the rum from the bananas getting to you. Oh the rum. <laughs> oh, don't talk about rum again. Oh, I'll tie a bandana around my head. <laughs> Not this again. Oh man. Well that something was... about this room. <laughs> that was in no particular order. And uh, we'll get into some sports news now. Baseball, is it back yet, Chris? Are we fully in the baseball swing, or is it one of those things where it's back when the when the finals are done? So that's an interesting concept you bring up. It's June, right? Yep. As we record this, it's June. I got to be honest with you. If the Islanders were in the finals right now, like that was ancient history when they got eliminated yeah. mercifully. Uh, by the Hurricanes, who are also done. I don't know how into it I could be. Now, I know the pandemic season ended at the end of June because mm-hmm. I was talking about it. I was on Cape Cod and everything. I brought it up on the pod here. And so I was into it. But that was because the season picked back up. Um, that was 2021, so everything was pushed way back. Yeah, I remember the that. The finals were in July. And so... Um, my thing about it is I feel like baseball is in full swing because uh, I'm not as invested. No, I have to because of the pot. But I'm not as invested in hockey as a whole. Yes, I'm following up with the games. Yes, I'm watching the games when I'm not in bed with Sabrina, my daughter, um, my one-year-old daughter. Um, I'm, you know, it's, it's not as big of a deal to me as, as following baseball. Is it because I've been to a few games this year? I don't know. But I feel like every every year around this time, beginning of June, it's it's light out uh, at, at just about 9 o'clock. It's still getting dark at 9. Uh, it's hard to be into hockey when it's getting dark at 9 o'clock. Yeah, that's the thing. So for me, it was always like football and baseball. Like I, could, I, I don't care about baseball. I, I think I've said it in the pot. I don't care. I care about opening day, and then I don't care until the NFL draft is over. That's what it's usually been like. But now since we're big into hockey again and we're doing it for the pod we have to stay updated and right. actually have to care about nba and uh you know and nhl stuff but for me full swing it's like once it starts getting almost like too hot outside like when the air conditioners go in like that's baseball season to me yeah i mean it was 90 degrees this past weekend it was in late week it was 92 degrees i was sweating yeah something awful at the at the kickball game at my school where the teachers won 21 to 14. (laughs) The kids talked a lot. There was a lot of talk, but it was so hot. You're not thinking about hockey when it's 90 degrees out. No. You're thinking about baseball. Oh, yeah. Or even, I mean, a lot of my my kids are thinking about soccer for the summer and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I agree. Baseball is definitely in full swing. Yeah, no, it's, I I think I, I have to agree with you. Baseball is in full swing. The Yankees were almost in full swing, but it seems... Christopher, I don't know. You get you have Anthony Panthony for me, but I don't have anything for you. That's all right. But Chrissy Wissy, I guess. But no, no. <laughs> but it seems like listen, we get we get somebody back, we lose somebody because well. 
We get back Josh Donaldson. We get back Giancarlo Stanton. We get back Tommy Canely. And then all of a sudden, Harrison Bader's out. Hamstring. Aaron Judge isn't playing today as we record this because of his ankle from running into the wall and making an amazing catch. Uh, Nestor Cortez, just got this before we started recording, is most likely going to land on the IL. He's already been scratched from his start. So, it was fun while it lasted for... What, mm, 10 games? If that. If that. Two games. Literally two games. Uh, So, it was fun while it lasted, but the Yankees are going to Yankee. Like they always do, but it's never, it's never. That's the thing. So last last week we were talking about them being at full strength, almost. Yeah. They're not at full strength. They're not at full strength. They're almost at full strength. I don't think there's a world this season where this team is at full strength. And I know last season was the same exact story because I, I remember it was, a, it was the beginning of July, and I was at camp. Uh, I was working at camp and I was talking to a bunch of the campers who are big uh, baseball fans, huge baseball fans. They play all throughout the summer. And a lot of them are Yankees fans. And they were talking about how this team can't stay healthy. And they were making all the trades they were making and all this. And it's the same song and dance this season, Ant. Yeah, it's the same. it's been the same song and dance every season. It, re- I mean, it really has. Yeah. It's the same. And it's, you know, they fired their whole their whole training training staff previously and now it's to the point of uh, hamstring strain after hamstring strain after this and then that and like listen it's a 162 game season we understand injuries happen but for once can we just hit a stride where it's a month two months where we're at full like we get injuries happen to everybody but come like come on at this point and it's it's just it's the dumb it's just the dumb injuries. Well, we're taking one step forward and then one step back. Yeah. Again, it's literally we're not moving. You said it. We gain somebody, we lose one. We gain two, we lose two. It's yeah. Well, I mean, we came we sitting across from each other again seven days later, and the standings remain exactly the same. The Yankees are six and a half out. Baltimore's four out. So it's, I mean, and it's not that they're playing badly. The Yankees are five and five in their last right. 10. Right, their their series against Seattle was okay. They got shut out one nothing the other day, which is not great. Mm-hmm. The series with the Dodgers, they're playing okay. We'll see how they do tonight. We have, as as of this time of recording, they have not played yet. Uh, they haven't started yet. I, right, they're they're treading right now. They're in a five and five stretch, like you said. Nothing alarming record wise. They're in an okay place statistically. It's still very early into the season. To be to be like oh we're in big trouble because they're not in big trouble they're okay, but something's got to give man these injuries are killing us. Yeah no it's it's tough because you look at all the other teams too the let's let's say specifically the ones above the Yankees in the AL East it's like a Tampa Tampa has their injuries they're losing some pitchers but their their lineup is staying relatively you know strong pitching is decent they've lost a couple guys. You look at Baltimore. I don't think Baltimore's lost anybody. I don't know if it's I'm not paying attention or I don't think Baltimore's been hit with the injury bug at all. No, they really haven't. Um, not like we have. I mean, even even Toronto, nothing much. Boston has been hit hard. I mean, sales back on the aisle again, which, listen, man, you, you, you sell your soul for that World Series and thank God they got it because it's looking, you know, worse and worse for the Red Sox because sale is just looks like a bad investment, but. I mean, when you look at the chips they dealt for sale, it kind of doesn't look that bad, which we'll get into when we talk about the lowly White Sox. But, I mean, you look at a lot of these teams, and Houston wasn't really, 
I mean, Houston, their rotation's decimated. There's nothing we could say. We talked about that before. Uh, Texas has stayed, you know, relatively healthy. The Angels have stayed healthy. Seattle's been healthy. Uh, Mets have been healthy and underperforming. And that's what disappointing is that Seattle's been healthy and they're a game under 500. And that's the that's their best. Well, so I don't know I don't know if my listeners will remember, but I I, I know a big chunky man with a developing beard said that uh, the the Mariners were going to be that team that everybody thinks overachieves. Um, so I might I might be looking a little correct about that. Which is, well, yes, is nice. like you that's said, nice. they're about sixty <laughs> games into a season, and they're and they're a game under five hundred, and nine and a half games out of you know first place. That is a team that people think should be doing better yeah um speaking of doing better arizona yeah that's listen a- man if we take care of business tonight against the dodgers arizona has sole possession of first place in that al west and that has a lot to do with hitting but i saw a stat today that um lord is jr who was traded to arizona which again thank god he's there because i don't have to deal with him in toronto anymore uh, he his number wise over the last I think two hundred or so games or like like season it's let's just say a season and a half or so um, his numbers are I think almost exact to Juan Soto's so I mean he's one of the, uh, the one of those underrated guys where when he moved like Yankee fans could finally like like wow we don't have to deal with this guy killing us anymore. Um, and it was one of those under the radar things where now he's not, now he's, you know, he's their offensive guy. He's their guy. And he's finally getting the credit he deserves. He's not behind Bichette. He's not behind Vladdy or spring, excuse me, or Springer or Alejandro Kirk. You know what I mean? So like he's finally getting the recognition he deserves. And who knows? You might be hearing about him a little later. I don't know. But that's the thing is like Arizona. It's, it's cool to me. It's cool to me. Well, I say it all the time. Arizona's my, my National League team because I'm one day older than their franchise. I don't know if I told you that. I didn't know that. The first game, yeah, the Diamond. I was born March 30th, 98, and the Arizona Diamondbacks, their first ever game was March 31st, 98. That's I'm one, amazing. I'm one day older than the Diamondbacks. So I kind of feel like I have to follow them. That They're my National League team. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where I feel like this season's going to with how everything is sitting right now, if it holds, there's going to be a lot of really, really cool questions at the deadline, and it makes a lot of good content for us. So, oh yeah, you know you have you have Chicago underachieving with some big uh, big names on that. You have the Angels underachieving. You have Seattle underachieving. We have the Mets, the Phillies, uh, the Cubs, the Cardinals, the Padres, the Giants. So like. There's a lot of movement potentially, and I think it could be really, really cool. And I'm excited to, you know, get to that end of July, beginning of August type um, uh, time, just because it's it's fun, man. Player movement is fun. Player movement is so much fun. Oh, I love, especially in baseball. There's a lot going on in baseball. There's a lot of different scenarios where it's not as cut and dry like in other sports, where there's just a trade for this and a trade for that. Like there's. All these kinds of different things that are at stake. Well, so, I mean, I, I, I want to do a segment. You know what? We'll do a segment later. I wanna I wanna get you. We'll, we'll we'll think of we'll think of a player, and we'll see if you know who they were traded for in a package, like a superstar. Oh God! <laughs> we'll see that. We'll do that. So <laughs> we'll do that. That'll be fun. Um, but 
you know, you were talking about things constantly getting replaced and movement, and, and that's a good word. And uh, a synonym to, to movement in, in the sports sense would be relegation. Yeah, that would be moving down. Yes. Yeah, so we, we, we touched on it briefly. Now, Chris, are you ready? You ready to get into this? I'm ready. All right, so you, this was kind of your baby, so I want you to, I want you to lean into this. So I, last week before we recorded the pod, I said to Ant, because my soccer team, Leicester City, excuse me, my football team, Leicester City was relegated to... Oh, Rav, call it football. It's football. That's right. That's right. Run your coin, mate. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, I, I, I proposed to Ant, what about if we had relegation in all American sports or in one American sport or some something like that. And Anthony said, he made a good point and said, well, that would be kind of difficult because most teams that are in the minors are farm systems. Whereas in England, in football, in English football, that's not how it works. But I want to pretend for a minute that that didn't exist. Okay? I want to pretend that there's no... There's no Stanley Cup Finals, right? There's no NBA Championship. There's no MLB World Series, okay? So, what we would do is we would take the... Let's start in hockey, okay? We would take the three best teams in the AHL, okay, record-wise, and we would replace them, or they would move up to the NHL, and the three worst teams in the NHL, record-wise, or standings-wise, I should say, would move down. And so, this is how it would look. No, I don't want... <laughs> I don't want the playoffs. I want the regular season. So, Calgary, Coachella Valley, and Providence would move up to the NHL, okay? We'd have two Calgary teams. And what that's true. And both Bruins teams yeah. uh, um, <clears throat> would move up. So those three teams would move up. I don't want that. No, I want the regular season. Get out of here. And then the worst three teams in the NHL, <laughs> the Blackhawks, <laughs> the Blue Jackets, and the Ducks would be relegated to the AHL. I mean, how fun would that be? Well, what would be fun would be seeing Clayton Keller go up against AHL talent. Well, now that's <laughs> where it gets interesting. Because what happens in English football, let's take Leicester City, for example. You've got guys on that team uh, that are not going... I won't get into their, their names and everything just because you don't know them. But whatever. you got guys, I'll name Jamie Vardy who's like their big player. Um, he's a guy that's not, he's not going to go down to the championship. He's going to look for another Premier League team to play with next season, or he'll retire because he can't, he could retire. Uh, he's one of their older players. He's been with them forever. Uh, but you got other guys on other teams in football that were in soccer that went down on Leeds on Southampton that are way too good to play in the championship. And so in the NHL, if teams got relegated, they lose money, right? Mm -hmm. you, you don't have as much money to spend. You don't have as many deals and as many sponsorships because you're not in the top flight 
of your of, of your sport. So if the, the Blackhawks, Blue Jackets, and Ducks went down, you get all those guys. You get Jonathan Taves. Uh, you get uh, uh, like you said, Clayton Keller, Trevor Zegras, yeah. John Gibson, the goaltender. I mean, you got. Yo, uh, I almost said Corpusello, but he's not a Blue Jacket anymore. Johnny, we get Johnny Hockey, Jonathan Goudreau. Right, Johnny Goudreau, <laughs> Patrick Laine. Yeah. <laughs> you got all these guys, right? Um, uh, and and the goaltending on the teams is really not that superb anyway. But like you get all these guys that we just named, and they're not going down. These guys are too good for the AHL. So then they're going to look for another NHL team to play with, so somebody can sign Line A, and somebody and or he'll be looking to go somewhere, maybe an Islanders, maybe uh, you know, I'm just thinking of teams that might need somebody at the break, maybe Calgary again, yeah. uh, they were a middling team, uh, Nashville, another one of those teams, Winnipeg, all these teams that are middle of the pack, and trying to take the next step and win the league because it's not trying to make the playoffs anymore. Let's yeah. take the Islanders, right? They were they were a middling team and they made the playoffs this season. That doesn't mean anything if they're playing for the top flight. Now, the other thing that's cool about soccer is that they have the Europa League and they have the Champions League. The Champions League is the top four teams. Um, top, sorry, top five teams. Wow. In the Premier League and in other leagues around Europe, they all play in a tournament in the middle of the season called the Champions League. And so you qualify if you finish in the top five. Then sixth and seventh place go to the Europa League, which is another one. Um, so if that happened in hockey, then you could have the best teams from other countries play against some of the best teams from the NHL. And maybe you get a team in the AHL that makes it because there's usually lower league teams that make the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in soccer, so like the possibilities are be, endless. Yeah, that would be that would be super fun. Well, the, I was thinking of it in terms of baseball because that's what I know better, and like just the whole thought of like the Hartford Yard Goats. Let's say after two seasons, they go from a Double A team to an MLB team. Exactly. You know I mean? so yes. It's like, it's like they already have a they have a good stadium. They're right in Hartford. I think, and one thing we talked about, we touched on it last time. I think that the whole relegation in terms of baseball, is it, it stops the prospect hoarding, too. Exactly. That's so, what's so great about it in soccer, to a point. Because you get the best teams like Man City, mm-hmm. Arsenal, Man United, Chelsea, who sucked this year, thankfully. Sorry, Chelsea fans, I hate that team. Uh, Tottenham, to an extent. Um, uh, Liverpool, how could I forget? So you got those teams, right? They're always near the top of the Premier League. And they and everybody wants to go play for them because they're always good. So that's where it gets a little bit annoying because Man City's always got this stacked roster. And how is a team like Leicester going to stack up against them when Leicester was a joke this year? But there would be substantially less prospect hoarding, well, way like, less. Well, like I think it's cool here. I, this is see, I should have looked this up before, but um. And this was not just AHL to NHL and so forth. 
We're going to go, if we're in baseball, a triple-A team that was terrible goes down to double-A. A double-A yeah. that team that goes down, or that's bad, goes down to single-A. A single-A team that is that bad goes down to independent ball. Oh, I like, and then you start getting, you get Trenton back in. And you then get the, the Trenton you get the Thunder you come get the, back. The Missoula Paddleheads. That's exactly right. So you get, or, or in a long time ago, the Bridgeport Bluefish could have even uh, had a prayer. Waterbury Spirit, shout out to my dad. There you go. So... The possibilities are endless, and so you have a team in in soccer. While you look something up, in Wrexham, so Wrexham is the team in soccer owned by Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Okay. So he bought the team. He's their owner now, right? And they and they they won the National League. So the National League is a semi pro league. It's semi pro, Anthony. So they moved up to League Two, which is a full pro league. So they moved out of independent ball soccer, essentially. And into a league. And the League 2 is an easy league to win. So if people gain traction, they can move right up. And That's they can, so cool. And Wrexham, though, the other thing, I know you're going to say something. So before you say it, they have a very small stadium. That's the other Is that the thing. one in the middle of the neighborhood? A lot of them yeah. are. A lot, several of them are. There's so many teams that are pro teams that are kind of just among neighborhoods. That's the cool thing. So if you get a team... I'm trying to think of a little team that's up high right now. Uh, I can't. But there's little teams. Uh, uh, Luton Town. Uh, that's coming up. They just graduated to the Premier League this year. They're going to be in the Premier League next season. They have a small stadium. They don't have a. They don't have the Etihad uh, that Man City has. Okay. They don't have Anfield, uh, um, King Power Stadium, or Leicester Place. You know, they've got this small stadium. It's one level. It's one level, and then you could see the buses parked outside. You could see the highway alongside, or the street uh, alongside. It's not... We need to call a TV timeout. There's a train going behind the stadium. Yeah, and so, and so that's the other cool thing. So if a big team moves down, then there's that dynamic in a big stadium, right? But if a little team moves up, then they're going to gain more fans, and then they're going to pack that place. So one thing I think is cool. I got my baseball. I got my baseball standings right. So as of right now, let's say if we were to relegate MLB to AAA, yeah, we would be losing the, um, we would be losing the Athletics. Obviously, we'd be losing the Kansas City Royals. This is as of this day as of today. Current, right right now. We'd be losing the Athletics. We'd be losing the Kansas City Royals, and we'd be losing the St. Louis Cardinals. Right. It's like, how is that possible, and the Cardinals? Would, and you'd gain the Norfolk Tides, which is the AAA for the Baltimore Orioles, the Durham Bulls, which is the AAA for the uh, Rays, and then the St. Paul Saints, which is AAA for, the obviously, the Minnesota Twins. And that's just cool to me because of the fact of you would have to – Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, they would be looking for new teams. Jack Flaherty looking for new teams. But at the same time, let's say – you know, let's say we do do the prospect thing. This would force Baltimore to call up and play guys like Grayson Rodriguez, like you know former MLB guys like DL Hall, Darwin's and Hernandez, uh, Joey Creeble. He was good last year. I can hear Susan Waldman saying his name, um, but I, I think it would be pretty cool because you would have to now call these guys up, or you completely lose them, which is right. really cool. Which is really cool. And then you could even take it a step farther. And let's say now the Oakland Athletics, is that's now the farm team for Baltimore. 
Yeah. No, oh, yeah. That would be. Listen, this is. I'm. I like this. I really like this. This is cool. And like I said, the possibilities are endless, just like they are in soccer. Uh, it, it's such a cool prospect. Uh, I love how the English Premier League uh, is run. I'm a big fan of it. Even though my team was on the, the bad end of it, I really... I'm excited to watch them perform in the championship and hopefully blow the doors off that league, but uh, they probably will be a middling team next year in that league because that's how they were this year. They didn't belong in the Premier League, the uh, Leicester I'm talking about. And I'm always into how the new teams do. I'm always a fan of those new teams that come up because they're the underdog, and I'm automatically going to be well, a fan. Well, the thing, too, is you, I mean, I can almost guarantee that there would be a hundred, you know, a hundred thousand, not a hundred thousand, but just thousands of Norfolk Tides hats being bought if, hey, this is the new, this is the new team, and this is your MLB roster, and now Oakland's you know, lowly Oakland, they are now the triple A team for the Orioles. Right. Oh, no, 100% right. You would see, I mean, there would be so many fans and that opens up because obviously baseball is worldwide, right? Not worldwide. Let's just say nationwide. And you have, I mean, it it sucks because your Midwest teams, that's where it's, that's where it, it sucks because that's, I mean, that's the heart of baseball in the, in the Rust Belt, Bible Belt, the Wheat Belt, whatever belt there is. But, that's heart of baseball. That's your feel the dream stuff. And instead of getting these teams in big cities like Oakland, you're going to have a team in Norfolk, Virginia. You're going to have a team in Durham, North Carolina. You're going to have a team in St. Paul, Minnesota. I mean, then there's the, the possibilities are endless there too, because you have, uh, you have these Midwest teams. Like, I mean, there's, there's just, there's so many, but it's like, there's, I think there's only like two or three States without a, without a minor league team in some aspect and stuff like that. So it would open up baseball worldwide or, it's a, or countrywide. It's a lot, it's a lot of fun to think <laughs> about. And that's why I wanted to talk about it because I just got to thinking, you know, in any sport that, that would just be such a cool dynamic. Um, and if your team's on the losing end of it, it's terrible, but. Let's say, let's say this is soccer. So my dad, um, my dad knew or used to work next door. The other company moved out uh, of his building, used to work next door to this, to this, uh, company and they did scientific stuff. I don't know what they did. Um, but the guy was from England and he grew up in Bolton. Okay. So the, the soccer team from Bolton in the United Kingdom, is his team. They are in League One. So they're in the third tier down. Okay. But he's still a diehard fan of theirs. Mm -hmm. And he would talk to my dad on occasion about how bad they were and how it was awful being a fan, but that was his team. Now imagine growing up, right, in Durham, let's say, and that's your team. That's the team you rock with, even though there's top flight teams like the Yankees, like the Mets, like these other teams, right? But Durham's your team, and they're in AAA, which is the first flight, the second flight, I should say. And they win, and they come in first, second, or third. Three teams usually go up and down. And then they now become an, an MLB team. You're a fan of them from the start. 
you're not a fan of them because you're a fan of their 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 major league team, their affiliate. Yeah. You're a fan of them because that's where you were born. Yeah, like I love I mean I love we I grew up so I'm let's age ourselves out. I didn't go to Hartford Yard Goats games. I've been to a couple. I went to New Britain Rock Cats games. Yeah, I've been to and one. They I were, went to one. And they were uh at the time they were the Twins uh, uh double A team. They were the double A team for the Twins. And I mean, I remember like I remember meeting Ben Revere, and I was a little kid, and Ben Revere caught a ball and ran it over to me and handed it to me, and I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" And then the next thing I know, like Ben Revere's in the majors, and I'm like, "Oh, I have a ball he handed to me when I was ten years old." And I was like, oh, "You know what? I like Ben Revere now." And it's like I wouldn't su- I wouldn't go out and support the Twins at the time or say I like the Twins, but. I'm going to like New Britain. Right. Because I can, yeah. And so if they were to win double A and move up to triple A, they're gaining traction. They move up through that and now they're an MLB team. Exactly. And now your lowly little team, which has happened to Luton Town, uh, it's happened to Sunderland, um, it's happened to other teams that, that, uh, that don't play in the Premier League every season, I'm trying to think. Well, Southampton's been up and down; uh, they're going down again. Uh, Wolverhampton Wolves. Uh, the, the first off, sick name. Continue. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, Brentford. Uh, all these teams—they're not major teams. Always, they're not always in the mix. And uh, and now they've got you know they they've got this. They're in their top flight, so now so they've got cool. this traction. Oh, that's so it's cool! Great. Anyway. Fun times. That's a fun topic right there. That's an I'm awesome glad we topic. got to talk about. That's it. an awesome topic. Um, so let's. I mean, let's swing it back around. We'll go from. We'll go from diamonds to ice. Yes. And we'll we'll talk about our uh, NHL. We'll talk about some predictions. I guess it's pretty much going to be. What do you think of the rest of the the cup and uh, who your con Smythe is? All right, I'll start. I guess um, I talked about it earlier on in no particular order about. The Knights winning 5-2 in Game 1. Um, I think they outplayed the Panthers a lot of the game. Um, but I think the Panthers are going to win the series four games to two. I think they're going to win it in six. Um, I think the Panthers are going to bounce right back. Every prediction I've made on this pod has been very bad. Uh, so Vegas will probably sweep them. Um, just covering that base. Um, but I think the Panthers win in six. I... I I don't think there's anything wrong with the Panthers at all. They did have a very long break, okay? They had a lengthy, lengthy time off. Are there problems with Bobrovsky? No, stop it. Anybody that's talking about Bobrovsky, of which there are people saying, oh, he gave up four, he might be tired. He hasn't played in over a week. How is he tired? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, let's be honest. It doesn't matter if you've played a whole playoffs. You're not going to be tired after a week off. Okay, he looked fine. It's not Bobrovsky's fault that his team was outplayed. It wasn't even the Panthers' fault that they were outplayed. Vegas showed up ready to go, and they were the better team. Uh, I think the Panth- I think it's going to be a good series. I think it's going to be a long series. I think Panthers in six, and Matty Kachuk is the consummate the winner. Over Sergei Bobrovsky, and that pains me to say it because Bob has been incredible. He really, really has, man. Um, okay, so let's let's make it a little different here, and and one of us is gonna have to be wrong. So I'm gonna go Vegas Golden Knights, and I'm gonna say Vegas in 
five games. Wow. I'm going to say Vegas in five just because of how dominant they looked. Um, but it's mostly... I'm not picking this with my heart, in case you can tell. This is not a choice of my heart. This is a choice of one of us has to be right. Right. So I'm going Vegas, and I just think five... Five games? That's just short series. That's a dominant... It's a very... Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. I think they go... I think they go two wins, a loss, followed by two wins. So I think it's going to go 1-0, uh series over. And I'm going to go Con Smythe. There's the drummer. Ilya Sarro. No. Ilya Sarro. Um, oh. I'm going to go... <laughs> I'm going to go... Con Smythe, Jonathan Marchessault. Huh. Okay. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna take over the end of the series, and he's gonna hit a hit a, some sort of game winner. I don't know. Marchessault. I want to say Eichel, but he doesn't have the goals this playoffs. I was thinking Eichel. I was also thinking Aiden Hill. I was thinking Aiden Hill too, but I didn't want to give it to a goalie. I didn't give it to a goalie. That's an interesting take in five games, though. Uh, I could see it happening, to be honest with you. If the if the Knights put on another performance in game two, like they did in game one, then they could take it in four. Um, I was gonna say because you gotta go, but you gotta go home. You gotta go to the Panthers and and be yeah. at home. Yeah. It's not quite like that. Uh, unfortunately, they still are the Panthers, and it's gonna be a lot of Golden Knights fans. Oh yeah, but I mean, uh, listen, that the, the 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 Knights just dealt with trash being thrown on the ice. I think they could handle plastic rats. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, the trash. That was a bad look. Oh, was it a bad look from a terrible franchise? It was who, a bad look. Who would have guessed? From a dirtbaggy franchise like Dallas. They really didn't make themselves look all that good no. in this playoff. No, they did not. I don't think a lot of our anger was unfounded. No. I think I, they had their fake tough guys. They had, I mean. Their captain gets suspended. Their captain gets suspended, refuses to talk about it. Their fans throw trash on the ice in game three. Yeah, that's bad. That's The trash on the ice is something Islanders fans would do. And that's <laughs> something you should be proud of. Oh, they man. love that. That's a, that's a Philadelphia Flyers fan activity right yeah. there. Philly fans are all. But I think that, no, I've seen the Islanders fans do it too. They're, they're just a joke too. Uh, but but they're my joke. Uh, the stars are, are they just didn't have a lot of class. No, it's a it was a classless organization. They didn't have a lot of class. No, and like I said, like yes, some of this might have been sour grapes because I was upset. But like <laughs> looking at it now that they haven't played in over a week. Oh, did I mention they got eliminated? But looking at it now that they haven't played in over a week, it's like yeah, they were kind of scumbags. I think you were saying that before they hadn't been playing for the yeah. week. Like, <laughs> but that's the thing is like, I mean, you look at it, like my whole thing is I watched every second of the Minnesota series and it's like, you had guys like Domi who granted he started, he started the fight right after, right after uh, Matt, that Matt Dumba hit that put Pavelski yep. out. But Jamie Ben wasn't trying anything. Uh, Mason Marchment wasn't trying anything. They were being, they were playing dirty. Um, 
you know, so it's like they weren't they weren't trying anything because of guys like Marcus Foligno and Ryan Reeves. And then you see them immediately go and they play Vegas, or not Vegas, I'm sorry. They go and play Seattle, and Seattle doesn't have any enforcers, no. and they're throwing punches, and Pavelski and Ben are throwing punches from the bench. Right, big tough guys yeah, that's from what the I'm bench. Saying. Like, big tough guy! Your captain from the bench is throwing a punch. So it's like, that's, that's, there's it's nothing like, worse. It's so babyish and pathetic. So, it to be really honest. is. It's just a pathetic franchise. <laughs> it's pathetic. <laughs> I love it. It's pathetic. I love how Dallas has turned into that team for the two of us. Oh, the, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, there's a lot of teams where I was like, ah, I don't but like them for I some mean, reason. It could be that, that a lot of those fans are Cowboys fans, and I think they're the same way. Personally, yeah, but it, I mean, listen, and it's the whole—it's the getting into the history of it. It's they were Minnesota, and Minnesota never had a cup, and they moved to Dallas, and Dallas wins the cup with Mike Madonna, and it's just—it's not fun. It's not I, fun I, for me. I will say this: I I like Mike Madonna, so do I. and I like Marty Turco, uh, who was their goalie. He's also a math teacher. Um, fun fact: that's cool. Um, that's yeah. Um, Marty Turco is one of my. I would say sort of one of my influences for playing goalie. Uh, he was around the end of his career when I started playing, so I like him. Um, but yeah, it turned into another Dallas uh, Dallas hate pod. Dallas hate. Who do we pod. hate more, Dallas the Dallas Stars as a whole or Jordan Bennington? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say Jordan Bennington. Or I'm gonna say I Dallas. think the Dallas I Stars far Dallas and more. away. I feel bad for Jordan Bennington because he's going through a lot of. A lot of trauma on that St. Louis yeah. uh, organization. Oh, yeah. It's done a lot to his mental yeah. uh, state. I feel a little bit bad for Binner. Uh, I don't feel bad for Dallas, unfortunately. I don't. I really, I really, 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 really don't. I'm happy with the two teams in the finals, and I'd be okay with either of them winning, to be honest. Do you know what I'm really happy about? What? Um, actually, let's let me let me backtrack. So yeah, 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 rewind it. That was me rewinding, He's by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, I forgot to say this before. I went to text you, but you were at work, and I forgot. Um, this is why I text you when you're at work. I told you you don't have to answer, but I will forget. <laughs> Do you know who this? Uh, it's the third and the I think it's the third and the fourth highest player cap hit wise the, for the Minnesota Wild going into the season. No, next season. Who? Ryan Suter and Zach Parise are three and four. <laughs> the only people making more money yearly is Kirill and Spurgeon. They're the only players making more money. And the issue oh, with that, Zach. so the issue with that is obviously they bought their contracts out. It, it's not going to be. It's it's going to work out. Okay, um, one way or the other, it's going to work out. I think Minnesota, they're they can go get some role players. I think they end up trading for a guy like Clayton Keller. That's my spoiler alert. When we get towards the NHL offseason, but my thing right is, yeah, they bought out Ryan Suter, which literally means we're going to pay you to not play for our team. What he does is signs with Dallas. And there are rumors that Dallas is also going to try to buy him out. So that is two buyouts in less than three seasons. And it just makes me so happy. And it makes me happy he went completely pointless throughout the throughout the playoffs. Not one point in what, 14, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 games, 18 games. Not one point. Not a lowly assist. Nada. <laughs> he had more he had more uncalled cross checks on Kirill Kaprizov than points in the NHL playoffs. <laughs> That's amazing. 
So it's good. It could not have happened to a better, more deserving person. Wow, it's still the Dallas it's Stars still, hate fest. Oh, I haven't, I haven't been able to let this out. And it's nice. I can tell. It's this nice. is like Anthony's venting session. I was going to talk about Parise for a minute. <laughs> we we veered off. I love Zach. I can never. Parise, can never he said at the end of this season, why do I have a makeup brush in my hand? I've been holding the makeup brush. I for think you were stimming minutes. because it's soft. I was. I really like. And you know what it looks like, Aunt? It looks like um. It looks like the lions. Uh, the lion from Madagascar. It looks like the. Oh, Alex the lion. It looks like Alex's uh mane. It does. A little bit, right? It looks like a seashell from the. It looks like air, the new aerial seashell seashell bra color matched. It does. You know what word Sabrina learned this week? What did she learn? Nipple. Oh, that's fun. I had my shirt off the other day. Why are... I had my shirt off the other day. I think it was for her bath or something. I don't remember. And she and and she touched it, right? And my mouse goes, "That's she that's goes, a, it's nipple. a nipple." And so now she now she now she asks for me to to lift my shirt up, and she goes, "Pull." So that's her new word. That's fun. Yeah. I'm but glad, anyway, um, I'm, I'm glad all the new Underground's listeners heard that. So stick with us next week. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Please right on. But anyway, Zach Parise, wow, uh, said at the end of this season after the playoff series um, that he thinks it's either the Islanders or nowhere next season. Uh, he was on a one-year deal with them this season after his great performance two seasons ago. Had an outstanding season with the Islanders this year. 20 goal scorer. From your third line center, he could have been playing on the first line, and he did sometimes. 20 goals? Yeah. Dude. No, he had a great season. Oh, my God. A phenomenal season. A good playoff. And he's one of those guys that I'm always going to cheer for because he's he's my... This is going to sound super bad out of context. He's my Wayne Gretzky. Just because I've never, I never followed. And you know, hockey. and if you know Anthony, then you know why he said that. Yeah. Because he's the guy that got you into hockey. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, actually, do you want to hear? Do you want to hear the? It was two players. Oh I'm going to hit you with a blast. Ready? It was Zach Parisi, and it was David Clarkson. Wow, David Clarkson, another New Jersey Devil. It was the same. It was the same it was game. That game. He wore my lucky number. He wore 23, 23. with the Devils. And uh, I think he got into a fight. The game had to have. Yeah, <laughs> you're like it was David. Clarkson. It had to be David Clarkson. <laughs> and then he went to the Maple Leafs, yep. and he and he played a while there. Yep. Yeah. Wow, yeah. David Clarkson. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to hear that name today. That's he's fun. a good dude. That's fun, right? I've heard he's a good dude. I forget. I think it was Ken Danico when I worked at NHL Network. There's a name drop. <laughs> I was his buddy <laughs> four years ago. Um. <laughs> He told me that Clarkson was a good guy because I was asking him about, you know, who was a good guy and who was a jerk, and there are some that are jerks that I won't say. Yeah, they mostly play for the Dallas Stars. <laughs> oh wow, wow. Who was there? Anybody from Dallas? Ryan Ryan Whitney, who I actually worked alongside a couple times. Whoa, whoa, whoa! He's a he's a great man. And he's sponsored is by a, Barstool. Is a, yes. And we also would like to be sponsored one hey, day by Barstool. He's a big time Islander hater, though. Okay. And I asked him, I'm just <laughs> going to tell you a story. Yeah. And, he, and I asked him why. I said, hey, Whit, why do you hate the Islanders? And he goes, because they're a joke of a franchise. Oh, that had to sting. He goes, why would anybody like the Islanders? That had to sting. I was like, 
all right, I'm done. <laughs> I'll see you later. Yeah. So I didn't love that, but uh, but I've I've heard that um, that his drink, the Pink Whitney, is is good. Oh, I'm, I have some I'm, experience with the Pink. I'm Whitney. I'm not into any of that stuff. That hard liquor. It's, it's good. It's very good. Um, it's pink lemonade, right? It is pink lemonade flavored vodka that we would mix with more pink lemonade. Couldn't even taste the vodka. It was so good. That's what I've heard. It was a good time. It was a that was. Hmm. Well, the 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 year before COVID. Oh, it was twenty nineteen. It was just a blur. It was, <laughs> it was turned, just a pink I Whitney blur. I turned twenty one. It was it was literally a pink Whitney blur. That um, was the year I got engaged. That was when I worked at NHL Network. Yeah. There's the tie-in there with Whit. That go. was the year. <laughs> anyway, so David Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Whitney, we'd love to chat with you, and one day we'd love to be you know coworkers. Uh, so put in a good word. And for I us. and I'd say to him. And I'll say to him, hey, Whit, you remember me from NHL Network? Who? And he's going to say, yeah, no, who are you? Who are you? I'm the clown that liked the Islanders. Yeah. Oh, there's not many of us. Yeah. <laughs> there's not many of us. Yeah. Speaking of not many, there's not many Grammys grinders, but there's going to be two more right here. Chris, do you have yours yet? Yes, of course I have mine yet, Panthony. And my Grammys grinder of the week is a simple one, and it's Aaron Judge. And the reason why... Um, He's Grammy's grinder of the week is because of the catch he made yesterday. Uh, it was a it was a deep fly ball. It was high and it was far uh, to right field, uh, but it was not gone. Although Judge is out of the lineup today, as you mentioned earlier, um, and with good reason. He messed up his ankle a little bit uh, because the door of the bullpen in L.A. opened after he made the. Leaping, oh, he didn't, it didn't open. I think he, he, he broke. broke it. He broke yeah. through it. He caused the door to open by force, and the latch was still latched. Yeah. Uh, you know who you won't see doing that? Shohei Otani, because Judge is going back to back MVP. But continue. And his nineteen home runs would agree with that. Um, so Aaron Judge is Grammy's grinder of the week for me. Grammy's grinder of the week on the A nasty side. It's a player on the Lake Elsinore. El, El, Elsinore. Let's wow. wow! Oh my! On the Lake Elsinore storm, <laughs> he, which is the single, <laughs> <laughs> which is the single A affiliate of the lowly San Diego Padres. Um, it is uh, Ethan Salas, S A L A S Salas. Okay. Um, and if you're wondering, who is Ethan Solis? I am, actually. Through, um... Oh, I love how you come up with these guys. Through 15 at-bats in single A. He is batting three thirty-three. All right. He has one stolen base. So he's uh, five for 15. Yep. And he has a nine four five OPS. All right. Good start, yeah, kid. Yeah, it's a good start. Say that last word you just said. Kid. Guess his birthday. I don't know. June 1st. So he just turned... 17. <laughs> he was born June 1st, 2006. <laughs> oh my God. He was called up to single A Lake Elsinore as a 16 year old. Guess the position, Chris. Shortstop. He's behind the dish. Catcher. He's a catcher. No. Yeah. Yeah, he is late. Uh, Ethan Salas. He's a uh, 6'2, 185 pound catcher. Lefty. Seven just turned seventeen he, he six turned, two one eighty five. He, he turned seventeen three days ago, as of recording this. This dude is his first at his first professional his first professional at bat was a double. Oh, <laughs> we like that. Yeah, and I, we I mean we 
His name was uttered on a podcast somewhere in Connecticut. Mere weeks later. He has more walks than strikeouts. That, wow, that's what you want to see right there. Oh, my goodness. And the, the reason I mentioned catcher is because, obviously, if you look at the history of baseball, um, most of your top-tier catchers are going to be four-year college graduates, your Adley Rushmans, your Cal Raleigh's. Uh, trying to think of who else. Jose Trevino went to Oral Roberts. Um, yeah, like there's just, there's just, the, usually catchers are older. Henry Davis went to Louisville. You know, usually catchers are older because they need that experience. But this kid is 16, and he's getting his experience in the minor leagues, which is awesome. So my Grammys grinder of the week, Ethan Solace. I love that. Let's have you on. He's not not too big of a star yet. I think no, I could, get him on. Think I could DM him? Yeah, DM the guy. Just shoot him a DM. Yeah, it's going to come crashing down, but DM him. It's going to, yeah. Yeah. Or we'll be best friends. We'll fly him up. I'll buy him booze. <laughs> oh, that, that'll sweeten the deal, I'm sure. Um, yeah, no. Ethan Salas, Grammy's Grinder of the Week. But as always, oh, this is a good episode. This is a little, we got some length on this. You can't some, say this is a good episode. I meant, I meant like time-wise. Oh, we got some yeah. Length, we got some length on her, but it's been a good time. We had a guy always have a good time with you, Chris, but today it's, was an extra good time. It was extra good today. It was extra good. Maybe it was all the good food. Maybe. Maybe it was. Yeah. Definitely was. But as always, I'm A Nasty. That's Chris Walker. And a very special um, episode again. I'll add Chef Skiff to the sign off. Uh, so from Chef Skiff, A Nasty Walk Daddy, this has been Sports and Spaghetti. And as always, stay full.